Hi, this is our. What's what, what's turn what? off the AC? Oh yeah. Oh good lord. <laughs> what's like a fancy name for a second? Because penultimate is second to last. Um, fancy word. Sophomore. Yes. Good work. There you go. <laughs> Hi everybody. This is the sophomore episode of the Guaranteed Audio Podcast, which we will hopefully have hosted through some RSS feed by the time you hear this. RSS stands for no, really. <laughs> Super, super sounding. Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> to all three letters. Uh, here we are. Uh, I am Kevin James, one of the three founding fathers of Guaranteed Video. Uh, I'm joined by Ryan Murphy. Hello. And Neil Cicerega. That's me. <laughs> you sound so measured and rehearsed. <laughs> um, here we are uh, to talk about the things we normally would talk about only into microphones. So we can justify this time a bit better. Uh, I'm glad we were able to find time to do this this August because August in Boston is incredibly taxing on people. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, on top of the moving uh, epidemic that happens at the end of every August, you know, there's a lot of colleges in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, our infrastructure isn't great here in terms of driving. You know, no. the traffic Thank is. Thank God we're not getting the Olympics. Oh, yeah. What a load of crap. <laughs> Nobody likes It's literally never helped a city ever. The, ever. We have, on top of that. Look it up, everybody. We've got uh, Neil just moved, right? I did, yeah. Uh, just like the other day. Yeah. How's that been going? Uh, good. Just living out of boxes, uh, living amongst boxes. Our old apartment was. Uh, it was nice, but you know, very apartment. And, uh, I feel like percentage point more grown up now. How long were you it's, there for? We, uh, Ooh, we yeah. were living in our blast apartment for, I think since t- 2011. So six years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Neil's new place is so new. I haven't seen it yet. It was what? Oh. It was a week ago. Not even less. I, I've slept there three times, I think. Okay. There we go. Nice. Um, so have you oh. officially had your last night in the old place? That was yeah. kind of sad. Spit on some bare naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I do keep thinking of that song. It's a good uh, song. Yeah. Um, one week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pinch me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's been fun. It's uh, our last night was a lot of packing and then we passed out from exhaustion. So, yeah. uh, it wasn't very uh, sentimental. Did you ditch much stuff? There's still stuff. We're going to go over there today because oh, I think okay. we're thinking of dressing up. I still have the uh, apartment for the rest of the month. So we're going to dress it up as oh, maybe yeah. a restaurant if we can get away with that yeah, for yeah. a short film. We're maybe the chairs on. we bought today for the podcast. Yeah, could sure. have, uh, well, either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, other big news. We bought two chairs for this podcast because <laughs> last time we recorded, we were uh, we were on it. a beanbag chair and like the corner of a bed yeah. Just to get around the table. We, so. I, I spent hours going through and cleaning up that podcast and hopefully we won't have to do that this time. We're all yeah. sitting at the same table, same distance from the mic right like now. Real Correct. adult podcasters. Mm-hmm. Can't quite yeah. see Neil because there's a computer monitor in between us, but uh, I'm sure he's uh, yeah. over there. Ryan, how's your August going? You've got some other stuff, right? Well, my brother's getting married at the end of the month, mm-hmm. so it's been all hands on deck for that. Uh, the The place where I work has a big summer program and that's wrapping itself up this week. Yeah. Uh, on a regular shift, I am I do overnight shifts. I'm done by 9 a.m. and my meeting is back again at noon. I'm 21 out of 24 hours a day on call, and it's I'm not not on call. That's that's like I'm at a fire station and I show up <laughs> if there's a fire. Yeah, I'm at work 21 out of 24 hours a day, Man. and my days off. I do everything I can to get out of get out of Dodge, 
cross the bridge and come on up to Somerville. But right. it's been the summers are long and it's tough. Yeah, August in particular, it, it's it's a busy time of year in Boston, not just because of moving, but because the academic year in general affects work. A lot of people are like changing jobs or applying for jobs. I know quite a few people changing where they work right now. Uh, so it's a stressful month. Yeah. For, for those of you listening who don't live in Boston or don't know the greater Boston area, we are absolutely, like Kevin said, we are a college town Yeah. and the population of the city, it gets a little bigger every year. Yeah. So I've, I've been working on uh, my documentary, not for resale. I uh, just booked flights to North Carolina in a few weeks and then San Diego in September. Um, been getting questions together, locking up interviews. Uh, I'm going to be talking with the game developers behind Rocket League, a company called Psionics Games. I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Uh, for anyone who knows Rocket League, uh, yeah, it's a great game. Anyone who doesn't know Rocket League, it's uh, basically playing soccer with cars. Uh, fantastic game. Um, but yeah, that's been my month. Uh, I'm prepping to move as well. Uh, gonna be working on a few feature-length movies, just doing editorial work on set, DIT work. Uh, mm -hmm. So... But yeah, that's not exciting to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> lives are our lives are dense with activity, and we're making movies. Um, so should we move on to current media? Current media. We can we can rename it. <laughs> Just let, One uh, of these days, media current, like a uh, electrical current. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. media current. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Okay, electricity. We're gonna put a little electricity <laughs> sound effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I sure hope some Rush Limbaugh jerk doesn't already have that. Media current. I'm, I'm sure if we it's looked it up. One word with a capital M and a capital C. I'm gonna have to be current with a K. Or like, well, current, I don't want to do that. <laughs> or like current, like using those little berries. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's. Uh, I don't know. Anyone been reading anything, watching anything, no. playing anything? Good? Uh, no. <laughs> I've been very busy with the move. I haven't. I uh, we're without a TV right now, so I haven't oh. been doing any of that. Last thing I did, uh, I I got pulled away to go see a movie at the Brattle, a movie from the '70s called Friends of Eddie Coyle. Have either of you heard of it? No. Um, I hadn't heard of it either. It's a, it's a 70s crime drama with, um, good old Robert Mitchum. Someone oh. with a giant gorilla on the island they have to catch. No. <laughs> uh, the significant thing about it is, uh, A, it is shot and set around Boston, south of Boston. Oh, cool. And, and it hops around into fascinating, glamorous places like Sharon and Dorchester and Quincy and... Oh, they got Quincy. Oh yeah, they got a uh, they got a uh, the, the Quincy uh, T stop, which was the terminus back then. <laughs> uh, it's it's totally worth watching if you're from Boston just to see these places. Oh, I'd love to see. And it's that. it's it's all like parking lots and stuff too, and like train stops. And it's like that's totally the theme of the movie. It's all about petty criminals, not high level. The most tense stuff in the movie is like a couple of bank robberies. Yeah, everything else is just kind of like schlepping around, kind of like kind of like the driver. It's it's less it's like even t more toned down from the, oh, really? the driver. It gets compared a lot to like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross because it's about an aging oh, okay. guy who kind of fucks up at the end of his career. Um, can we can I say fuck? Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, yeah, it's totally worth a watch in the way that any like cool 70s drama. Also, some really good funk music shows up in it. Cool. Uh, nice. uh, but it's like inappropriate funk music because like nothing in the movie is that exciting. <laughs> uh, Ryan, how about you? Actually, just last week, I watched uh, Star Trek Beyond just got put on Hulu this yeah. month or maybe the end of last month. Uh, the third movie uh, in the, the Chris Pine trilogy of the yeah, of the hopefully new, to be more the classic. Uh, yeah, the classic cast or the, the classic characters with the new cast. Yeah. And I really liked I watched Star Trek Beyond 
and then with then 24 hours later, I watched Star Trek First Contact. Two really I watched, different. I actually, that's the last thing I watched on my old TV was also. Star Trek First Contact? Yes. Or all of them? Just Star just, Trek First Contact. Is that the one with Tom Hardy? No, it's no, the one with. Nemesis. Um, okay. It's the one, what's his name? Uh, James uh, Cromwell. That'll do. Yep, oh, James Cromwell. That'll James do. James Cromwell. Pack. He is the first. We're all his nodding. Name is, <laughs> his name is not Zach Efron. <laughs> Zephron Cochran. <laughs> Zephron Cochran. That's it. Zach Efron Cochran. Anagram. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's right. The first human, the first board. earthling to create a warp drive <laughs> is, I was actually just giving himself like <laughs> Zach Efron Cochran. The Borg go back in time to colonize Earth from the past. The Enterprise, the next gen Enterprise crew has to go back in time to follow them. So much time Data travel. has a weird, weird sexual engagement with the um the the, the hive. The first time we meet a Borg queen, yeah. like you know, like they're, basically they're the, the two characters who shouldn't have any reason to have sex have sex. What, what close to the, sex as they can. What is the batting average with Star Trek movies and time travel? Like there is a lot of time. There's travel. a lot of it time. Comes yeah, and they're really they they never kind of they never really hammer down the mechanics of time travel. They, it's like, there's, no, like they there's like more time travel in Star Trek movies than there's like blue lightning coming out of Sydney's and Marvel movies. Like there's just like <laughs> it's like every other movie. I didn't realize that had time travel in it too, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to go through. It's each a great, movie. yeah. The, Spock brings the hippies back to San Francisco to save the whales. I mean, that's you can do. You go to San Francisco to save the whales. That's his. Uh, yeah. What's interesting about this one is they travel back in time, but it's to the future relative to us, the viewers. It's, yeah, it's sure. after World War Three in their universe. Okay, um, that's cool. That's cool. Earth yeah. is vulnerable, and it's um yeah. yeah they, so yeah, it's kind of a, in it's, on Star Trek. They're always talking about the 20th century, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of like, well, what happened between now and then? Yeah. So they kind of cover that ground a little. Which okay. Is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Uh, what did you think of Beyond? Had you seen it before? Oh yeah, I'd seen it. I saw it in the theaters. I I love the new Star. I love the current run of Star Trek. It wasn't crazy about Rathacon, and it's Star Trek darkness is just Rathacon, guys. Let's just call yeah, it Rathacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I is didn't it into did, darkness or Star. I don't into even darkness. remember. I, I saw Star Trek Into Darkness alone. It was like it's like the I've only been to the movies alone twice in my life. Once was to see The Witch, and once was to see that. And, yeah, The Witch was great. Ooh, I wanted to be, I wanted to be scared. I saw Lincoln alone. That was sad. They, I saw Persepolis alone but, when I was like a teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. my family just it, had no interest. Well, within like, The Darkness, oh. I didn't realize why everyone hated it so much at first. I'm like, I, I thought it was fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love this cast. I thought the story was fine. The villain was good. Then I watched Wrath of Khan, and uh-huh. I get it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Hollywood needs to stop doing this. So we really need to move on. Like, uh, and it's you know the same phenomenon. I know though. I'm not alone. We've we've discussed this, but for as long as we're recording it, I was Cumberbatched out before yeah. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, and that's Cumberbatch out. Cumberbatch out. Zap. I was. I felt like, especially The Hobbit with Bilbo and Smog yeah. being Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Yeah. Um, and then to go, that was like the last time when Doctor Strange came out and the, I just saw the fourth season of Doctor, of not Doctor, of Sherlock. Yeah. And to go, oh, didn't just, just come, didn't I just see Benedict yeah, Cumberbatch? He was getting a, a lot thing? of exposure. It, yeah. He was very overexposed quickly. And it, that's the other thing. It wasn't that quickly. It was when I said to myself, oh, I just saw Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, no, Ryan, that was three years ago. And they're the all very high profile, property. super expensive things at this yeah, point. He played, like, um. Alan Turing in yep. that movie that I unfortunately didn't see yet, but I will. Julian Assange, don't forget. Oh God, I did forget. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, for that. So, so with Beyond the, would you say Beyond is it your favorite of the three? No, the first one I, I really first liked. one's really Rom- fresh. Beyond yeah, was my favorite of the three. Yeah, really. I'm yeah. in between one and three. I, 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 the first one has the highest highs for me. 
Yeah, the first one is like a totally fun adventure. Three, I think, is the only one to kind of nail the optimism. Yes. Of Star Trek. It's got a lot of bones in it, too. Yeah. Which is kind of its oh, best strength. Yes. <laughs> I was yeah, trying to think like, yeah, yeah, like structural. Yeah, no. You know, like the it, character it, bones. Some characters get the short end of the stick in three, but. Yeah, Nicola but they, they, kinda... they do a pretty good job of balancing it and pairing people off. I, I liked what they did with it. Rewatching Star Trek First Contact, some of the sets on that one are really bad. When the Borg start to assimilate the Enterprise from the inside out, that on paper, on, in a script form, I would go like, oh, fuck yeah, this can be great. And then you see it and it's a lot of it's really hokey. Are any of the next generation movies good? Uh, First Contact. That's kind of it. It's probably the best one. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know, I will good. say there there were some pretty good. There were probably still models at that point, but there were some pretty good looking effects in outer space. Is that 97, 98? Like, yeah. The, all right. The first one was Star Trek Generations to, to, uh, to symbiotic with Shatner and everybody. Yeah. When Malcolm McDowell is in the Nexus and uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they have to kill off Shatner so that we like we are. They literally shake hands of one to the next generation. For those of you who just would never feel a next generation. I'm sorry, guys, but we're done. We're yeah. done. It's time to move on. Which, for those of you who are, uh, never liked The Next Generation, you probably didn't like Deep Space Nine. You probably didn't like Voyager, <laughs> where they're always fucking lost, which is ridiculous <laughs> when they have a warp draw. And you probably didn't. You know what? You got you got your cake and you eat it, too, because uh, Leonard Nimoy, God bless him, uh, got to come back one more, two more times. Yeah. Uh, and it, almost posthumously in this third one. They, I thought they did a really classy, a really heartfelt job of sending him off in uh, Star Trek Beyond. That's kind of what put it over for me. Yeah, was that although Leonard Nimoy tra- did in fact pass away, the hands-off young Spock, um, you know, sc- almost said Skyler. <laughs> Siler from Heroes, the actor, yeah. who's a great, I really yeah, like yeah. that guy. He, um, he hands off the photo from, yeah. From, We're just going to ruin the this Star whole Trek movie. Movies. I just want to ruin this whole movie because I want to talk about how much I like Beyond. You're reminding me to watch it now. Again, I've only seen it once. So I keep going. It was yeah. so weird to rewatch two radically different Star Trek movies. Yeah. I, enough about Star Trek. Let us okay. Know. I did, I, can I just I'm say a, I did really like the outro of Beyond when the whole crew says the Star Trek mantra. Starts, you know, Kirk, when he like explained. Oh, yeah. yeah, that, that was the that voyages. That, yeah, was, that was that, great. That, 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 really clean way of leaving you on a high note, mm-hmm. like to have everyone come in and say like their bit. Um, I, um, so, I, uh, I recently, uh, decided to watch the Harry Potter movies, which, Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I, so I'm sure, move. I'm sure I, I have a funny feeling that people who listen to this podcast are Harry Potter fans. Um, I read the first book when I was 13 and it did nothing for me. Um, I, I've never been, that into high fantasy. Uh, I, I'm not a Tolkien guy. I get it. I respect it. I think it's well written. Um, his stuff. And, uh, I, I get why game of Thrones is popular and mm-hmm. I, 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 I absolutely get Harry Potter, but on a personal level, it, it just didn't connect with me because, you know, I was 13. I was in school <laughs> escaping into school. Didn't do a lot for me. Um, but that being said, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I loved final fantasy eight. Um, I like the persona games and stuff like that. I do like the whole magic with, you know, magic school days, you know, upbringing stuff. Like I, I get that. Um, but you know, I, I, the first book, uh, when I read it, I, I didn't find it that involving or fascinating. So I didn't really keep up with the franchise. First one. Yeah. It's a little hokey at the start. So, it, so like I, I decided, you know, I really want to see these. I feel like I've missed out on something. So I told myself I'm going to watch the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to back, like one night after the other, I borrowed Neil's Blu-rays. I, I you know, put them in my big old TV, uh, my Samsung, and uh, 
uh, I decided I was, if I liked them, I would read the whole series because I want to read the books before I watch the movies. But everything I've heard from people I trust, including you two, is the, 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 the leap in writing from two to three is like noteworthy. In direction. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Christopher direction. Columbus leaves, right? Like he doesn't do three. Yeah. So uh, when's the last time either of you guys watched the first two Harry Potter movies? Oh, long, too long ago. Yeah, years ago. So I um I went in. I'm glad everyone lowered my expectations for one. <laughs> Ming said it very well. She goes, it's a movie for babies. Just yeah, don't kinda. be fair. Like she was like, be fair. Be, mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, yeah. I thought um I actually tweeted. I, I put my foot in my mouth. I tweeted like, man, like this movie looks great. Like the, yeah. the effects are very conservative. Everything's really happening. Look at this. There's a lack of CG. And then a bunch of people tweeted at me. Oh, just wait till Quidditch. Just wait yeah. till that, that, that. Then the Play-Doh people happen. The troll mm-hmm. scene in the bathroom is really bad. $130 million movie in 2001. Um, that is that is like the most 2001 th- thing, though, uh, to watch a movie from that era. It looks gonna, like you're sp- going to be very impressed with certain special effects. But the practical then, effects. Yeah, practical it's effects. It's like the first Spider-Man movie. Like, there's some stuff you're yeah. like, wow, I can't believe they actually built this. And then mm-hmm. it cuts to Spider-Man web slinging, and you're like, that looks terrible. Uh, yeah. And honestly, about Spider-Man 1, I remember seeing Spider-Man 1 when I was 13, 14 mm-hmm. in theaters. I thought it looked bad then, and I was excited to see that movie. 2 is a different story. Spider-Man yeah, 2 Sam Raimi with... yeah. Danny Elfman's music is exciting. It's just too the ambitious with is, the CG. Spider-Man's yeah. always going to look weird by virtue of what he can do. Harry Potter, same thing, right? right. Um, but anyways, I, I, I thought um, I thought the cast was really good. I, I, well, I thought I thought Radcliffe for like, how old is he, 11 or something? Yeah. He was oh, given, it's a really hard role um, mm-hmm. for 11-year-old. Like, okay, we need you to be as amiable and likable as possible, but you can't have too much character because kids have to imagine themselves. So, I know I'm being very technical and reductive, but this mm-hmm. is the reality of the character. You know, all chips on black, all uh, we are betting on number one. You cannot recast you need, Harry Potter. You need to be a good actor 10 years from now. Yes. Like, yeah. And you have to be again, and he's you good. can't he's be good. too angry. Spoiler alert, yeah. Be, he does become a real professional actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you could tell. I like him. I, yeah. I was able to get through that first movie without getting bored. And it was like two and a half hours. And like, long, like we yeah. talked about, like we were talking about last week, like I've talked about with my family uh, many times. Like the ending a lot. Mm-hmm. This design for Hogwarts, the design for the train, the design You're for this universe. This. Like we are going to be betting it all on this. You cannot have Hogwarts look radically different in the fourth movie. It's got to be the same. And we have to expand and grow from this. Point. Or we're going to have to spend a ton of money. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like going back and rebuilding and recasting and. I, Platform I th- nine and three quarters needs to look this cool. And you're going to have to use this a couple. Of, it's your yeah. new Tatooine. You don't get to change radically when Tatooine <laughs> looks like someday. But I will say be. in the later movies, the way they are shot changes a lot. Oh, do, oh definitely. From one to two, it's like night and day, too. Like, the oh, second yeah? movie looks drastically better. I mean, mm. drastically better. And they're uh, real fucking lucky that Hogwarts is a magical place and literally can change. It can literally <laughs> you, change. You need a map true, I, true. I, I, to, to the, change. The cast got me through it. John Williams' music got me through it. Because yeah. I, I, I this might be heresy. I don't think the first story, the second story, too, I don't think it's that good. I think the foundation's good. I think the world building's good. I think the relationships are awesome. Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the peripheral storytelling like yeah. uh, like okay like the everything that's supposed to be important feels important um the things that they're not really allowed to talk about it doesn't feel like carrot in the end of the stick oh we'll get to that later like in other crappy movie franchises like mm-hmm. other movie universes but um i will say this like a big problem i have with like high fantasy that's in both of the two movies i've seen so far and i am reading the first book right now i'm gonna get through it probably by the end of tomorrow is there's a lot of 
oh, by the way, Harry, like after something happens, like, yeah. oh, you know how you almost died and then that like thing popped up? That was this. Like, okay, that's crap. Like, don't, like that, that happened in both movies. Like, oh, by the way, this sword will come out of this hat. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Why, why did that happen? Oh, Harry by the actually way, becomes Harry. very aware of that plot point later in the books and gets yes. really pissed off at people for not telling him anything. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, that's like, but it is bad writing. It is. It, it is, is, kinda, it is like yeah. addressing it later and being self aware is funny, but mm-hmm. there is like a, that, that, that's very common in my experience with high fantasy. Like, I don't understand these the rules. Rings. They explained the you rings. what the ring is, explained what Mithril is, they explained to you this sword, your sword will glow blue when bad things are around. Yeah, yeah. When and your sword glows blue, something bad is coming. That, yes. Which is why, like, I, 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 I'm always, I mean, I'm sure it is difficult to set up, like, what was the thing? The Sorcerer's Stone, right? Like, like I, I like the idea of, like, Voldemort, I mean, spoilers, being <laughs> in the back of that guy's head. That was legitimately creepy. I remember out loud oh, going, yeah out loud, like leaning towards my TV going, cool. Like this is, <laughs> they don't test kids in Hollywood anymore. And this is like 16 years ago. And that looked scary to me. It was good. Mm-hmm. They did a good the dragon in the second movie was scary. And Harry stabs the damn thing through its brain, man. Like that's, it's not just Harry Potter remembers the Bible verse. <laughs> the dragon goes away. How to kill a basilisk. By, uh, thou shalt not. not. <laughs> uh, but there's a, uh, uh, I, I, um, what was, how did Harry defeat the guy? There's just the stone, right? In the mirror. Yeah. How does he get the damn stone out of the mirror? Like that. And my girlfriend, Hillary explained to me, there's stuff missing from the movies, mm-hmm. right? A two and a half hour movie. Based I don't, on even, I don't even remember the mechanics of the mirror. It, it's like, magic. They hid the stone the in is, the mirror. The thing is like these, the, the book is like 230 pages, right? And the movie's two Sounds and a half hours, it. right? Mm-hmm. Come on. Like there's like stuff you could have explained this. I, Hillary had to explain to me um, Hagrid's disgrace from Hogwarts. We literally paused the movie right before he got brought back from Azkaban. I say with the prison, right? Yep. Azkaban. Azkaban. Uh, when he comes back in and had she not explained it to me, I would have had no real reaction to like, why are all these kids like, yay, Hagrid's back. Like, and she's like, well, di- you got to piece it together. Cause they cut out material from the movie where it's like, right. No, this guy's, n- had a glass ceiling over him because of this like weird accusation that wasn't true and all this stuff. Uh, so her going to come back like that, that amplified the movie. But I, from what I understand, like are the, the, I, I, so if I liked the first two movies, I liked two more than one. I'm in, I'm in for a good time. Yes. Right. I think so. Yeah. 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 My favorites are, I think three and four. I really like three. I like the prison. I'm really excited for Gary. I like Oldman. Gary Oldman as Sirius black. Three is I totally like weird and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Four is kind of when I they Kenneth start. Brownick, so I, was so, I didn't oh, know he was in too. I'm like, ooh, oh, he's in Kenneth, this. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then I think four is a little more serious, but it's a. Uh, it's I actually s- have seen four. Yeah, you have seen. Yeah, the four, Triwizard which is Tournament weird. with the beginning of who, who the actor I barely remember. Cullen. That's his big start. Is yeah, on. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Robert Pattinson. Is, thank you, Pattinson. Yeah, I remember him being Robert. good in that. Yeah. yeah. I will say for um, for stories about adolescents, for stories about kids in a boarding, their their kids, their high schoolers are in a boarding school. The fifth one has wizard Margaret Thatcher. There's this, mm. she is written like the kind of villain from children, young adult literature, children's literature. She's the, you're going to love hating her. Sure. She's In a lot of worst. ways, the fifth one feels a little bit more like the first two. Yes. Cause she, she's like kind of a cartoon. She wears a yeah. lot of colors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the sixth one is not my favorite movie, but it's my favorite looking out of all of them. Yeah. Because they got double the budget for that movie and it did not need it. There's no big monsters in the sixth one or anything. There's no big set pieces. I like so, that. Did like a new director come on for that one? I think it's the. It does look. Better. It's the same director as the last three or four. Oh movies. wait, how many directors did them? Christopher Columbus and then who? 
Okay, so um, Christopher Columbus did two. We could do two hours on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. Kevin watches Harry Potter. It could be a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Neil and Ryan explain Harry Potter to Kevin. <laughs> Wait a minute. Magic? It doesn't matter. I don't know the exact number Is he an alien? No, I can I know the, at least the last three were all directed by the same guy. Sure, sure. Um, but anyway, number six is beautiful looking. That's what they put the money into, was just making it look good. Cool. Um, I like that by that point, they treat Harry like he's in a, he's a young adult. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've taken off the kitty gloves. We should edit back in that Bruce Springsteen demo tape song that he made for the first movie, right? What? That's he never been released, released, right? No. Bruce Springsteen, it got out finally. Bruce Springsteen was asked to do a song for the movie. Speaking of which, the John huh. Williams music's great. It is like from the phase of John Williams' career where you're like, yeah, he's already done like 20 iconic scores. Mm-hmm. There just seems like this feels like Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Like when the kids are coming up to the island in the water, it can't help but feel like Jurassic Park. There's straight up some Superman in it, some E.T. A lot but, of hook. Yeah. But what can he do? <laughs> He's how many original pieces because this because without him changing instruments and they're hiring John. It's Lynn. funny. Even going back to Jaws, which I watched yes. over uh, J- July. There's, there's Harry Potter in it. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of Harry Potter in Jaws. Yeah. Uh, it's just. His, oh, yeah. You, you put, just, he, back, well, back in the 70s. The other, there's a little bit of Jaws Back in, in the 70s, Potter. he was yada, putting yada, yada. everything on the table, man. Like the Superman theme you pointed out once has like three themes in it. And they're mm-hmm. all really good. Yeah. So like, but nowadays we'd be like, no, 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 no did, hold did he back. Do, did John Williams do anything for Westworld? I'm picturing the main oh, theme in my head, right? I feel, I feel like maybe no, he did the main I theme. Maybe, the, the, what, the new show or the old movie? The new show. I don't know. I think Hans Zimmer might have. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm just saying that because uh, one of the Nolans. Yeah, I bet, I bet it was Zimmer or a Zimmer underling because the Nolans, Nolans produced did the show. Oh, that's right. Anyway. Um, but but the, yes, there was, yeah. Bruce Springsteen did a song and there's like a demo that got out there. It's like, I'll be with you always or something like that. Um, He's in a few movie songs mm-hmm. and they're all really good. <laughs> like they're, uh, the one he did for the wrestler. I remember being like, whatever, like this is basically this, this song he did called the boxer three years earlier. And he's like, yeah, sure. And it is, it's a really good song. It's a great song for Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Jerry Neil Maguire. Young does the saddest song in the world. Oh my God. <laughs> Philadelphia tough. is so good. It's really good. Have you seen, I've never seen it. Oh, That's a, you're re- missing out. All right. Well, we got to move on, right? Okay. okay. So I'm watching Harry Potter. Um, so now we're going to move on to our quiz yes, for the episode. Yes, Neil has yeah. presented a qu- prepared a yeah. quiz for us. So last time we did the Good Burger 20th anniversary quiz. Yes. Uh, this month, August 2017, is special because two of the people in this room are turning 31. True. That's, uh, That's me. not the two contestants, but it's me <laughs> and it's you, Ryan. That's correct. Uh, I'm both turning, August 15th. And I'm August 23rd. So I thought to commemorate our birthdays, I would uh, do a quiz centered around movies that came out in the month of our birth, August 1986. Oh, look at that. So in front of you both is a list of movies that came out in 1986. Eight of them came out in August of 1986. And the rest are just from other months and won't be relevant to the all quiz. My, all 1986? Or just These are all 1986 movies. Jeez, may, yeah, I, okay. may, I say, may I say something for those of you who may be listening at home? For all of you, all of you listening are listening at home. And one of you listening may in fact be a young man named Max Pacheco because the film Back to School starring Roddy Dangerfield is on the list, Max. I've Back watched, to School. I've watched most of that movie through YouTube clips. <laughs> Roddy <laughs> Dangerfield. Anyway, let me try and concisely explain the rules. It's, it's way simpler than you're thinking. I'm going to read to each of you. We're going to take turns. Uh, eight movie quotes. And you basically have to guess which of those movies on the list uh, that quote comes from. Okay. Um, the quotes themselves will all come from the movies that came out in August. Um, and the other movies won't be quoted at all. Actually, for starters, why don't we have you guys read the list of movies that I prepared alternating, starting with Kevin. Uh, Labyrinth. The Great Mouse Detective. Transformers, the movie. 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Howard the Duck. Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, Part 6. Stand By Me. Police Academy 3, Back in Training. So far, you've I've been reading the really good movies on this. <laughs> the Fly. Flight of the Navigator. Okay, now I'm breaking that trend. Crocodile Dundee. Back to School. Care Bears Movie 2, A New Generation. Not The Care Bears. There's no <laughs> article in that. Oh, Manhunter. That's a good one. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Soul Man. <laughs> See Thomas Howell? <laughs> Hang on. Is Soul Man yes, the one? Yes, it's the racist one. Oh, no. Yeah. Were the kid a per- affirmative action? They were like, well, it worked for Tootsie. Let's just listen <laughs> oh, to Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, so I'll start with Ryan because your birthday is coming up. Thank you. Here is your quote. <clears throat> Did your mother have any kids that lived? I'm looking... I'm going to go with Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, part six. Incorrect. Am I allowed to guess? I'm going to, yeah, let's play it that way. So if, uh, so if one of you gets it wrong, goes to the other person. I mean, this is hard. So I just know it's not Jason. I don't know if Jason came out in 1986. Um, did your, one more time with the quote? Did your mother have any kids that lived? This is cruel, but is it stand by me? It is. Okay. Oh, it's like Kevin gets the point. That's a really cruel line. I know. <laughs> I forget who says it, but I think it's, it's probably Keeper Sutherland. No, he's the one who dies. No, that's John Cusack. Oh, shit. Oh. Keeper Sutherland's the bully with a knife. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Underrated yeah, movie. Um, okay. Oh, bullshit. It's right. not a movie that people talk about. Anymore. So, Kevin, your turn. Here's your quote. Oh, right. My friends are all 20 and I'm still 12. Uh, Christ. Um, Transformers the movie. Incorrect. <laughs> I'm going to try Flight of the Navigator. Correct. Yeah. Never saw that movie. I had hints for these written out in case you get neither of you could get it. Um, that one, my hint was, features the voice of Paul Rubens. I didn't know that. He voices the spaceship. Oh. The Navigator. Okay. The Navigator. He does, he, under a nom de plume. See, I haven't seen that movie, but I knew that through a thing called Context Clues. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so Ryan's up? So, yeah, Ryan's turn. All right. Everything about you is changing. You look bad. You smell bad. At the list. The fly. Correct. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I can hear Matthew. Uh, not Matthew uh, I heard I Roddy Dangerfield. Like, Everything about you is changing. You're smelling bad. You look bad. You smell bad. <laughs> oh, you're going to dive into the plasma pool. The flesh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, your turn. Good. I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. This is a red herring. One more time. I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. <sighs> it seems so obvious. Is this one Jason Lives? Friday? It is. Yeah. That one's a little more self-aware. That could have been a few movies on this. Yeah. Including Soul Man. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> he doesn't wear a mask in that movie. He's I haven't seen it. Guts, I just right? know it's a blackface comedy movie. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Ryan. Yes. The planet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ryan, your, uh, your quote is The planet of junk is in this vicinity. It's Transformers the movie. Okay, correct. <laughs> Which I haven't seen in a long time, but I remember. I'm Kevin, glad you got that yeah, one. I'm going over to the quotes to be like. Yeah. Or <laughs> I had two hints. For I up. am the great mouse detective. <laughs> <laughs> My hints, the hints I had for that one were final role of Scatman Crothers 
and <laughs> final role of Orson Welles if you didn't get it the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time. And Larry Nimoy's in it too as Galvatron. Okay, Kevin, your turn. Grandpa's strict liquid diet keeps him fresh as a rose. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Correct. Have you seen that? No. It's something. Oh, I'm yeah, Dennis Hopper and yeah. yeah. I, I just I just I pictured those characters. I'm like mm-hmm. that's that's gonna yeah. be that movie. <laughs> okay, Ryan, your turn. Gotcha. It is in your nature to do one thing correctly. Tremble. The great mouse detective? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, it would work actually. There is some good yeah, but with rather mice, they're little. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> um one more time. It is in your nature to do one thing correctly. Oh. Tremble. It's going to be one of two. Uh, Howard the Duck. Incorrect. Ooh, can I, can I sneak yeah, it Yeah, it's your turn again. Care Bears right? movie two, a new Incorrect. generation. Incorrect. What? Hints. Okay, Kevin. You get no one f- can get a point at this, right? Uh, remade in 2002. Oh. So, nope. No, we can't get points now, right? You can get it. Remade in 2002? Mm-hmm. And it, as Red Man Dragon? Manhunter? Yeah, as Manhunter. Yeah. I just watched that movie. I don't remember that one. But, I, okay, so do I get a point or no point? Yeah, you get the point. You got it eventually. <laughs> okay. Final one. This one goes for Ryan. Okay. I just can't resist your intense animal magnetism. Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Wrong. Really? Sorry, I, I meant to say that more politely. Wrong. <laughs> Kevin? Repeat. I just can't resist your intense animal magnetism. Howard the Duck. Correct. Oh, I was hoping back no. to school. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, back to school didn't come out in August, unfortunately. Yeah, doesn't Ronnie Danger have a dream at one point before he actually gets the teacher so he wants to be with? That I, he's. Let's just go over this really dreams. quick. I Because I feel like people... You yeah, won, this, by the way. Nostalgia yeah. is a funny thing, but mm-hmm. let's be honest. Okay. The 80s were a better time for movies. <laughs> This was all less... came out in August 1986. Howard the N- Duck, Jason well, Lives, Stand By Me, The Fly, Manhunter were all in August. Mm-hmm. Aliens was July. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, Kevin won, but I'm going to give you guys the tiebreaker anyway. 80, 89 still the, the king of the crop for best year for movies. Probably. For I'd say 84. Movies. 84 is really good. 84. Okay, well, let's, do, um, let's debate that after, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just for fun, the tiebreaker. Whoever guesses the closest wins. Howard the Duck's production budget was $37 million. How much did it gross worldwide? Worldwide. Yes. I'm going to say 18. 18 million. 25. And you were 18? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin's closer because oh. it actually worldwide grossed $38 million. <laughs> oh. It, it barely made its money back. Yeah. I thought for sure it was going to be a bomb. <laughs> it, it was considered a bomb because it didn't Marketing make a cost. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I anyway. I watch that. I should watch it again. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Howard the Duck? The ending effects are really creepy. Yeah. It does have some top-notch The go-motion uh, Phil Tippett stuff at the monster. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> it's really scary looking. Mm-hmm. So I... I so do we are want you, to do a point-counterpoint 89 versus 84? Because if you want sure. at the top of our heads without like, do you have any dog in this fight, Ryan? Like, honestly, I always think back to how two, 2007 between no country for old men, there yeah. will be blood. Okay. Yeah. It was just, um, and, um, those children are, of men was 2006. We're not the same year, but this, there was there. I mean, were the those 80s are good, a better good time? movies though. 80s was a better time for 
kind of good bad movies. Well, like popcorn movies. Popcorn, popcorn movies. Popcorn yes. movies were by and large better, and I don't want to say smarter, but I do feel like there's a little more risk out there because me- little, metrics yeah. weren't as weren't surfacing as easily to movie studios. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> so. They'll be like, I mean, yeah, of course, people like Tony Hawk shrunk the kids. Like, uh, so eighty four. What what are the eighty four has the Terminator, Ghostbusters. Eight, yep. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, uh, Karate Kid. Oh. Still haven't seen it. I need to um, see it. It's good. Uh, what else was 84? I'm sure there's a lot of trash, too. You already said Terminator 1. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, I think Breaking. Okay. I turned off my okay, phone. 89, right? Is um, Do the Right Thing. Oh. Uh, oh, was Die Hard 84? No, Die Hard was 88. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, 89 is, uh, Batman, the movie, which mm-hmm. some people like swear by, uh, I'm not a huge fan, but, um, last crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones huh. movie. Um, do the right thing. I already said the abyss, the abyss, Ooh. uh, ghostbusters Two, which I'm a fan of. Um, I know some people hate it. Uh, there's another big one, UHF. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was like the biggest blockbuster. There was, it was Back like, to the future part three, maybe, or but part like, two. I, it was, Two no, might have been 88. Been. Two, two was 89. Two, three was 90. I know this. That's yeah. right. Can we like Google this? Are we allowed to like Google? Let's just go off the top of our heads. I, I, 84, like Terminator and Ghostbusters are two of my favorite movies ever made. Yeah. Predator. What year's Predator? 87. 87. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think that 89, like every week you kind of were going to the theater. Honey, I what the kids did come out in 89, which mm-hmm. I know some people are huge on. Um, Roger Rabbit was 88. What year? What's Little Mermaid? 89. That yes. was 89. Yeah. Okay. Well, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a big one. <laughs> for popcorn. Yeah. yeah I, think 80, I think 84 is... might have had um, like, Black Cauldron. Yeah, the Black Cauldron. Or, well, Oliver and Company's 86. Oh, 84's got Police Academy, guys. I never saw it. <laughs> hey, I'm Bobcat Goldthwait. Got I'm sure one of the... He's not even in the first one. That's before they got Bobcat. Uh, Roadhouse was 89. Ooh. Dead Poet <laughs> Society. Okay. Huh. Uh, Steel Magnolias. Lethal Weapon 2. Uh... Born on the Fourth of July. I Bill love and, that. Oh, Bill and Ted came out eighty eight. Pet, Pet Cemetery. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. I just saw the house from the well, not the house from the film, but the house where Stephen King got the idea for pets with uh, trucks going by dangerously fast mm-hmm. on like a, a residential back road is up for sale again. Jeez. The house oh, that inspired. Real. Yeah, there's a real house in Maine that where the inspiration for the idea came from. I don't know if a poor child actually died in front of it. I feel yeah. like he died. And oh, paying okay. them royalties yeah. or something. Oh, if, one I got I got one more big gotcha. hitter for eighty nine. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites, say anything. Uh, uh, my favorite Cameron Crowe oh, movie. Right. So I'm looking at eighty four now to see what I forgot. Gremlins. Yep. Uh-huh. Over, um, overrated. Oh, first, yeah. The first Gremlins is overrated. Okay, but we say that as huge fans of Gremlins too. Gremlins two is a home run. Gremlins yeah. two is nineteen ninety. Nineteen eighty. No, that it's ninety. I think it's ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Temple of Doom. Eh, yeah. Oh, 84 has Amadeus. That's a good one. Yeah. What loose? I haven't seen. Dune. Damn, Damn it. Gremlins 2 is nice. Dune. Dune. Yep. Uh, Red Dawn. Oh, Never Ending Story. Which is good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> Man, the room kind of sucked the life out. I feel like none of us, I, I just have no strong memories of it. I, I've never, I, I never watched I didn't grow the whole up with movie it. as a kid. It has it, ha- it has it? its corny points, but it is so unlike anything that could get made now. It's worth watching just to. We got to make just, the tale of the glowing sword. We got to <laughs> make that. <laughs> let's make a let's make a glowing sword movie. I have a sword in my trunk right now. Unrelated. We have topic. a computer. 
<laughs> well, anyway, uh, Kevin won the game. Yeah, so this was fun. I think you win 89, too. I'll, I'll give it to 89. It's a... I feel like 84, 84 is more important, but 89 is a real more like, franchises began in 84 and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Like what, what Rocky movie came out in 84? Was there a Rocky movie mm. in 84? I think it maybe skipped 84. It might've cause Rocky three was 83, right? Yeah. Rocky four was 86. They took some time making Rocky four. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they really, and- or all the original footage they had to make for that. Uh, oh my god! Seventy like minute twenty movie. minutes of movie. In <laughs> Rocky Four is great. I love Rocky Four. Um, he defeated the Soviet Union. Yep. Mm-hmm. He personally like. I, I kind of love that speech at the end. Not ironically, <laughs> like I kind of I kind of dig it. I I get what Stallone was doing. Um. Well, I guess we'll move on to a Q and A. Yes. Um. That was fun. Ryan, I think I think next episode you're going to have to come up with some sort of movie related quiz. I am thinking about a quiz right now, but I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> what if like for the quiz, like you gave like 30 seconds of exposition for each question and then asked a tangentially unrelated, like you explain like who wrote Rocky Four, yeah. and then you go, Kevin, <laughs> what is Eddie Murphy? Where are my keys? <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, for Q&A, we got a lot of questions. We have. 60, I want to say. I'm just going to refresh the Patreon page because every month we put up a post a couple days in advance where we ask for people's questions uh, for this month's show. And we have 56 this month. Neil, Ryan, if all of the villains from our videos got into a battle royale, who would win? And this question's from Riley Johnson. All the villains? All of our villains got into a fight. Hmm. So for those who don't know our movies, we have, I mean, whatever, we have bad guys. Yes. Uh, if you don't know who they are, sorry. <laughs> uh, my money's on the Misery Meister. I was thinking Misery Meister. I was going to say, because the Misery Meister has a gun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the Misery big... Meister can freeze people. Uh, Ashley, when when, when necessary. Ashley Rogers could beat the shit out of us. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. like, there's a, like there's, We were really just out of our element with the Misery, misery Meister. Mountain? <laughs> like, yeah. We, we don't even have a house. <laughs> Does Trouzar count as a villain? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he is a malicious. Yeah, yeah. He is a negative force in the universe. Yeah. Uh, Max might come. I mean, Max is the only one who we've risen from the dead. Yeah. Max was dead. Yeah. Max is kind of weak, I think, ultimately. Like, Max gets pushed around. Max by is bigger. the juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, the Misery Meister's Magneto. Meet Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Well, who am I forgetting, though? Oh, who, uh, Mitch Dollarton. Mm-hmm. He, the Pilgrim. Uh-huh. Old man Cooper, the hipster, um, uh, Christ, our own hubris, our own hubris, Mr. Basement, Mr. Basement, the lawn mowing man. Mm-hmm. Lawn mowing man's uh, pretty tough. The new kids, whatever <laughs> malevolent force is actually within the haunted house, the ghoul. Let's just call it the ghoul. The ghoul, yeah, mm-hmm. that thing's pretty creepy. It's got tentacles for a face. Uh, uh, the Sega from Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about Ryan? I always thought Ryan was the antagonist in Conch. Conk. Yeah, also has a gun. I don't know if you're willing to give it up. Yeah. Uh, Misery Meister. Yeah. Misery Meister really had us over the barrel. (laughs) Ashley, if you're listening out there, thank you. No offense to the other villains, but Ashley just nailed that performance too. We were up to like four in the morning one night shooting. Okay, next question. Let's move a little bit quicker on these. Kirsten Stackhouse asks, real question, as creative people, have you ever dealt with suddenly feeling not very creative? How do you push past that and get motivated again? 
Uh, Ryan, do you want to go first? <clears throat> oh, yeah. 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 Do I have what, we, you know, literally writer's block photography? You know, do I get that writer's block feeling when taking photos, when script writing, when coming up with ideas all the time? Yeah. Sometimes for like weeks, actually. My best strategy for alleviating the symptoms of writer's block in whatever creative field, I, I get my best ideas when I'm driving. I don't know why. That's just my, some people it's shower. Some people it's when they go out running or jogging. Yeah. Some people it's, they go to a cabin in the, whatever is your thing. <laughs> do you, do you people, like to drive with music or like vocal free music? Like, um, almost always the radio. I, I rarely use my phone or even my CD player. Sure. It's usually the radio. It's usually NPR. Sure. I get my best ideas driving and definitely better ideas at night than in the day. There is definitely some psychology behind that. I don't know what it is, but I know it exists. <laughs> uh, for me, my main advantage is I have all sorts of different projects I could work on. I could work on a Twitter bot, or I could work on coding my game or doing graphics, or I could work on music uh, if I'm feeling stuck on any one thing. Um, sometimes nothing works, and I'm just not in a creative mood in general. But usually what works best for me, if it's something I have to do, uh, it's being right up against the deadline. Suddenly I'm able to do it and get it done that <laughs> night. Um it's a good good thing with the Patreon is we have like a kind of like a self inflicted inflicted. We have kind of our, our, our a month like a monthly deadline now, and we don't we self impose. We, we still yes, yeah. and we self-imposed. still don't charge by the month. I just think we like the idea of a monthly clip. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. We're proving to ourselves that we can put out stuff, and we don't want to fall behind. We don't. I, I think for me, um, when I get like a wall, I always I have like a like a list of short script ideas I keep on a mm-hmm. Google task list and in a notebook, and um. Sometimes I'm like, you know, we'll have the tools at hand. We'll have the free time you know, to quote Winston Zedmore. We have the tools. We have the talent. Uh, but we don't have maybe a home run idea. Uh, something like, um, let's say, the lawn mowing man. It's an idea we've had. You know, I had. I'm like, okay, well, I'll throw it out there, even if it's not the best idea to you guys. And by virtue of having our collaborative process there, even if something's not the best idea, when I, I feel like when I present an inferior idea mm-hmm. inferior plot something you're not sure is going to be the greatest thing you but. guys are very constructive and be like oh this would make it better actually and it, it, it's sometimes like you know it goes both ways like there'll be pushback like someone will propose an idea it's like okay well that's kind of funny but wouldn't it be funnier if this happened um we can turn almost any mediocre idea into a good idea or a great idea by virtue of just the three of us pooling our yeah. mental resources for facilities. certain for certain like constructive points in a project Having people to bounce off of really helps. helps it, can turn, it, it, it just it just elevates things. Yeah, uh, and that's that's worked for me. We've we've made ideas that aren't exactly the greatest ideas in the world, but sometimes it's just a good excuse to experiment. Um, and I, I feel like when I'm doing physical labor, like if I'm like helping people move or something, that's when my brain can tune out and I can find new ideas. But I guess what I guess my answer to this question is so so we can move on is mm-hmm. um, even if I don't like an idea, I like to throw it out there in front of the two of you to hear your feedback and build from there. Cause even if it's like a simple or something I'm not crazy about, a very simple boilerplate topic or whatever, um, the constructive nature of our collaboration comes, comes out mm-hmm. and suddenly, Hey, this idea about Frosty, the snowman having human eyeballs, uh, isn't half bad because it'll have a song in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's move on. Um, so, uh, good question. Yeah. Really good question. Um, I had a really good one coming up. Okay. From Ryan Carroll. 
Uh, if you could choose any movie to be remade as a three camera sitcom, which movie would that be and why? There will be blood. As a three camera sitcom? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Daniel Plainview has, is trying to find oil. And every day that sneaky little Eli comes in, he's got it's it's basically horsing around. For those of you who watch BoJack, does the audience applaud whenever Eli shows up? Yep. And Eli has a catch. He has a that's too much, man. He has something he says. Uh, And when. Yeah. And what about the bandy tract? (laughs) I'm going to put these brownies I just cooked on the table for when my boss comes over tonight. (laughs) Uh, HW is there and H every once in a while just puts his hands up and they, uh, they always kind of zoom in on him and they laugh because he's deaf because of his father's monstrous actions oh. and they make it, they make a joke I can, of it. You know, I can kind of see it as like, um, a Dennis, the menace era uh, sitcom yeah, yeah, yeah. too. But who's Dennis HW? Well, not Dennis Eli? the menace, uh, but H-W I mean like a, a, a black and white, like, you know, Andy of Mayberry kind of sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. old show. What about I can a, really see it. I, I, when I read this question last night, I thought of Videodrome. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, maybe it's because I'm staring at a poster for it right now, but I feel like Rocky could become a sitcom like a little too easily. A little too, yeah. Polly and yeah, yeah. Polly and Mickey for, are yeah, yeah. You're right. So totally. he definitely he owns the restaurant now. Everyone's always making the like, hey Rocky, when are you gonna get back in the ring? Like, oh, you know, when uh pigs fly, and then like someone throws a pig or something. Yeah, <laughs> the audience laugh. I don't. A lot of Italian racial stereotype. <laughs> Holly's got a date tonight. Like, yeah, what? I don't know. (laughs) What magazine? Sears? Um, Mickey's afraid of heights. (laughs) I don't know. We'll figure out something. Uh, Michael Keekenrad Corliss asks, how do you guys figure out which roles you'll play? Do any of you guys have a fight in order to decide who's going to play which character? I I think what typically happens is... um, pretty organic the it's, way we, we divvy out roles. once in a while we'll say hey i want to play against type like i i require i wanted to be the lawn mowing man once we realized a few people fell through that we're going to come by that day so okay well i'll be the lawn mowing man because i never play the bad guy and i'm gonna have to be tracing somebody for a couple days for this effect for the rotoscoping it might as well be my face mm-hmm. i can make myself look skinnier um but i, I do think typically we try to play to our, each other's strengths i think i i do there have been times when two of us will talk in secret and be like, okay, so for the World Wide Web, one of us has to rap. I think we're, I think let's we got to make ma- Ryan, do let's it. make Ryan rap. <laughs> and then I remember when you said, oh, so Ryan, we figured you'd rap. And you go, oh, why me? Like, because uh, uh, <laughs> you weren't there when yeah. we made the decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, true. I forgot that. But have you guys ever had a, like a role you really want to do? Or have we ever had a script you got? Like, I know with the money tree, yeah, we had some back and forth over who should be the kind of protagonist in that one. Yeah. That's happened a couple times. Sometimes when one of us just decides to go ahead and write a script, we'll sort of arbitrarily assign the roles. Or like, uh, and it's like nothing personal. It's oh, just we haven't like, had a Ryan episode in a while. So yeah, Ryan yeah. will become the superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I do think more often than not, I, I prefer to play straight man characters. Not because I think I'm very normal, but I, I just, I, I don't have a ton of confidence in my acting ability. And I think, I'm best utilized in that regard. I, I think I, I can be a good victim or like mm-hmm. just someone who's confused by circumstances or an older brother type. So usually that's what I'll do in our scripts. But with Ryan, it feels like I love cartoons. I love being yeah, cartoon. Yeah. a guy like this guy's got tooth black. This guy's got one leg. This yeah. guy is like, you know, is something's you just look at him like, ah, oh, something's not right there. There's yeah. Something. Yeah. We can play up audience expectations with you too. If they've seen you in other videos, like, okay, well, Ryan's my, you might be evil. <laughs> this one, 
Uh, you wouldn't be surprised if it goes that way. Yeah, someone actually recently, who do you know who made it? The, um, oh, I don't have the name. Uh, well, somebody posted oh, to us recently. They noticed like, the like Ryan has played alignment. a lot of <laughs> the yeah. spectrum. Yeah, Ryan has played the whole spectrum of the D&D alignment. So they, they like took all your different characters and assigned, you know, chaotic. And it, they really worked. Thank you, whomever out there. Yeah. I, I know we post, we gave credit to the artist that did that. Thank you. I, I just read it this morning. I don't know your name yet. And my phone is off. So it's I, on the Facebook somewhere. Thank you. Kyle Long asks, will there be another 90s related quiz in the next podcast? Yes. yes. Um, a few people asked about the making of Everybody's Pants now. We're going to be putting out a dedicated postmortem podcast for that around the that same time. That may have already come out. Yeah, it'll be about 10 minutes. So like any questions about the making of that particular movie have been I covered. I think we nailed it for anything of relevance. So that, I think we're yeah. good. Um, Golden Totem asks, would you ever consider having anyone else in the podcast, like content creators, actors, or friends? Or do you think it'll stay confined to the three of us? Oh, I'd be happy to have guests. Definitely. Step up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> John Neendick. Neendick? Sorry, John. Uh, Kevin, what is your favorite virtual reality game? Um, if I had to pick my favorite VR game right now, it'd probably be Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7. Mm. You guys can attest to the how excited I was about that. Um, I just, Resident Evil 7, I couldn't believe I was getting it so quickly after VR kind of hit the mainstream yeah. Price point. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, it. That was my Mario 64 moment uh, where Mario 64 was exactly. to 3d graphics, Resident Evil seven in VR. I can't believe the whole game is playable through that. I, I, I'm a big Resident Evil fan, particularly the first three and code Veronica, but like for the old lockdown camera, more of an exploratory puzzle game, not an action game. Um, if not Resident Evil seven, I'd probably say, what's that great one. That's mostly white backgrounds where you're like a Jason Statham. You're, it's super a, hot. That's it. Thank super you. hot VR. We might play today. Super yeah. hot VR is amazing. Uh, job simulator is really good. <laughs> job simulator is great. I love uh, my favorite that I've played. I've only played VR on your set so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, keep talking and no one dies. Or keep talking. And nobody explodes. Nobody explodes. That was, that's fun. That's a really that's good a party game. One. There's a lot of good stuff, but I think resident evil seven so far to me is the high water mark. So, um, Johnny Robinson asks, if you had to choose between only seeing movies in IMAX or to drive in theater for the rest of your lives, which would you choose? Good question. That's tough. I'll start. I've actually never been to the drive-in, at least not since I can remember. Maybe when I was a baby. It's fun. It is fun. Uh, there aren't many left. Um, I just haven't made my way to a drive-in. So uh, I will just go with what I know and just say IMAX. I'm going to go with IMAX too. I'm not going to say I don't dislike Drive-ins, they're a novelty. Uh, I'm not crazy about them. I know some people are devout. For one, th sometimes it gets, sometimes it rains, okay? Sometimes <laughs> it's really cold out. Today, like, would I want to go to a drive-in movie right now? No, it's really hot out right now. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not going to come out and say drive-ins are overrated. That's the second time I have not said drive-ins are overrated. But yeah, I'm going to go with IMAX. I, uh, I really like the drive-in. Um, I like the double feature car seats are often underappreciated for how comfortable they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my sound system in my car is good and I don't even have a real sound system. Just cars tend to have good sound systems um, and a good sound system can make or break a movie. Um, also people in 2017 talk more in the movie theater. I've been to yeah. <laughs> cell phones and such. Um, with that being said, I guess I just, I really like a regular movie theater. Uh, so I guess I'd lean IMAX in that respect because it's evergreen. It's year round. This is a tough one. I like, this is a good yeah. question. Uh, it's tough. I, I guess if you put a gun to my head, I'd say IMAX because it's safer. Yeah. Um, but well, the question doesn't say like, 
do I have to drive down to the Cape or whatever anytime I want to see a movie? And what about is that? Where the closest drive? And all the best is? movies come out in the winter now, like <laughs> when it's cold out, right? It was like yeah. what drive-in movie theaters open when Logan came out in March or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Wellfleet is there's one. Yeah, there's there is still an active one in Wellfleet, but yeah. that is out there on also, Cape Cod. What if a tornado comes through, like in the movie <laughs> Twister? You wouldn't know until it was too late. It's true. Next question is. <laughs> Um, pushing up roses asks as per your statement in the campaign video for guaranteed video, you expressed a lack of interest in comedy skits on YouTube and them not being the quote soup du jour. When did you start noticing YouTube gravitating to other forms of videos and what kind of things do you think can make comedy skits fresh and evolving with what people want in terms of entertainment? All right. This, I, that was a long question, but I, mm-hmm. I think it gave you, it's a good one. So I think it's, you know, so Neil, Neil, you exploded on YouTube in like, oh, five, oh, six, around then. I don't know. I forget the exact date. Even, but yeah. Even around then, can we name names? Might as well. Sure. Uh, there were a lot of Shane Dawson's popping up. Yeah. And um, even Shane Dawson, I will say, does skits. But they're just him at his desk. Oh, well, yeah, they're terrible. But, like, <laughs> I, but I mean, like he is of our era where you where YouTube was something where you you made it. Con- you made content. Yeah, you, you were just reacting. You made a low, a low budget TV show, or you know, sitcom, or um, like Channel One Hundred One, or sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah. We didn't make as much stuff for a while because we were working on other stuff, like finishing school or whatever, or getting married or whatever. And even then, I think a perce- what people might have perceived as us not making as much might have just been computer fighters taking eight months. Yeah, that might as well have been a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but where you know, I, I, I do, th- I think a lot of people have realized that it's almost a fool's errand to put in as much time as we do to the comedy skits. If you're trying to make money off of it, like the, this Patreon is helping making it feel a little less foolish. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to say ever. that we don't inherently think that, Oh, sketch comedy is better than, um, you know, reviews or, uh, or, or stuff. But, like but the that. ratio is really tipped now. The ratio is really tipped. It's like and I don't, 40 to one now yeah. on YouTube, like people reacting to other people's work mm-hmm. and regurgitating it in a way. Whereas I, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers have realized like, well, I'm not getting anything out of this other than exposure. If yeah. it go, if it's popular on YouTube. Right. But sometimes that works. Like the guy who did uh, lights out uh pony smasher. Yeah. You got a, you got two feature films out of that because it blew up overnight. Like, Oh, you can actually make a scary movie. Most people can't. <laughs> yeah, let's give We've you two. We talked about since yes, yeah, start since starting guaranteed video that pop culture ambulance chasing is what we don't want to do. Yeah, and it's one thing if you're gonna ambulance chase and make something like like something like a response, like a statement, like your Pokemon rap, mm-hmm. right? It was very much a you thing, and it fit the 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 the, the, the format you had gone for with your yeah. Star Trek one and your Star Wars one, your Lord of the Rings one. But, but it was absolutely inspired by a trend. But there were people when we announced guaranteed video and guaranteed audio, there were quite a few people going like, oh, for the love of God, don't just do a podcast. Please uh-huh. don't just post a video. People thought we were going to do a video podcast. And there's nothing wrong with those. I love, uh, like I said, I'm a big giant bomb fan. I like uh, uh, double uh, double toasted. You know, I, I, I like that type of content. But it's, it is a shame that original comedy skits just don't, Surface the way they used to with like Waverly films or whatever. We loved Waverly. Waverly mm-hmm. was like yeah. our bread and butter. Um, yeah, or like Lonely Island or um, sure. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of 
Before Rick and Morty, I used to watch Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon back in 05, 06 on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I showed you guys like cautionary tales of swords. Yeah, all that great Channel 101 stuff. Laser going. fart. <laughs> I think all the people who saw YouTube as a platform for that kind of material uh, got into the industry or didn't like us. And, yeah. uh, um, or, and uh, stopped giving it away for free. They, they, yeah, they stopped giving it away for free. And the second generation of YouTube didn't see it as a new frontier the way the first generation did. Yeah. It was just YouTube, which is already its own thing. So I think it was inevitably going to be a little more self-reflexive and less of a... A channel for pre-existing types of content to be exposed through? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. I mean, we've definitely lost a certain amount of content through by virtue of people growing up with YouTube as a channel and thinking, oh, I want to make my vlogs too. Yeah. Rather than, oh, I want to make movies. Oh, I guess I can put them on the internet now. Also, the way people, you know, smartphones weren't a thing when YouTube took off. Right? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um, and people would sit down, be sitting at their desktops ready to digest something. And now it's like, what, what, computer fighter, that's 20 minutes. I'm not going to watch that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, as if there's no other problems with that video. But you know what I'm saying? So like now you kind of, there are people out there who the, the biggest successes on YouTube in terms of original comedy work or narrative work are making just 20 second videos like once a day, like new thing, new thing, new thing. Yeah. It's just them in a dorm room or an apartment mm-hmm. with, with their cell phone, like doing it. And that's fine. At least they're making something. At least they're making new material, new jokes. In terms of what we can do to make YouTube more original content focused, I don't know. I mean, Pay for YouTube, Brad. Yeah, actually, uh, I imagine I, I'm a I, proponent of YouTube Red. Yeah, I haven't really watched any YouTube Red exclusive content. Oh, but it's ima- not great, but it's, it's a not. start. It's a start. <laughs> it's a start. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. I think Vine was the closest thing we got to a new format that encouraged. Oh, but it was. It's so reductive, though. It, it is, but the format. Seconds, right. It was. It was six seconds with Vine. Ooh. And but it forced people to get tell, to tell a story yeah. concisely. And there was a ton of filmmaking on Vine. Yeah. Um, it was often very low rent, but it was often very creative. Yeah. Um, Every October, and, I love sitting down on YouTube and just looking up horror shorts. Mm-hmm. And like, you'll usually find two good ones that came out that year. But yes. they're totally worth it. But I think um, by virtue of it seeming a little harder to make money by virtue of ad blockers and things like that, and there's more competition than ever on YouTube. Mm-hmm. What's the easiest thing I can make? Mm-hmm. Me sitting at my computer... <laughs> Talking about the thing that you were originally looking for. Yep. That's that. Yeah. And it, it's, there's nothing bad about that. Hell, you're listening to a podcast yeah. right now. Yeah. In fact, I want to say the person who asked this question, pushing up roses is a YouTube gamer. Yeah. Uh, let's player. Um, and uh, no, she actually puts a lot of work into her oh, videos. Yeah? I've watched what, what, a bunch of them. Yeah. What's she into? Like, uh, what? She does a lot of like old PC games. So of course, I'm oh really? Super, I'm super into it. But uh, <laughs> like, uh, like Tim Schafer stuff, like uh, yeah, like adventure games and stuff. Like, I've like yeah. I've encountered her videos, I think from just looking up those games, exactly like we were talking about. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love watching reviews of games, sometimes more than just watching just like basic plays. It's just how it's fizzling out though. You have to have a little more passion in 2017 than you did in 2006. You do. And there are a little more foolish. There are people who like earn their money with that stuff. And I don't want to, I'm I'm talking about making short films. I'm talking about like narrative based stuff. Like what we do. You have to be a little more crazy these days than you did a decade ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, like we don't, we don't want to like come off as like, Oh, our original content We're is martyrs. much better, is much better than reaction videos and reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, it's just what we like doing. And, uh, yeah. And the, the Patreon helps us feel like, Oh, we can still get away with that. Yeah. Even if a video doesn't do super well, 
Like, mm-hmm. like I bring up the lawn mowing man a bunch. Cause like, I, I still think it's funny as shit. Uh, I, I thought it was a funny idea. I love the effects. And I think you guys are really good in it. Uh, Ryan saying the Bible verse is like one of my favorite moments in anything we've made. Like when he goes, <laughs> he starts the Bible verse off and he yeah. goes, Oh, the Bible. Like, yeah. So you're um, proud of it. Yeah. But like in the fact that people didn't immediately drop our Patreon in the wake of that video says, okay, there are people out there who like watching this stuff. So as you've pointed out, Neil, it doesn't have to be a viral hit for no, us to it, feel comfortable making it. Like our next video, the magic wish probably isn't going to be as popular as everybody's pants now, but whatever, like it's going to be, what we promised an original short film, you know? Yeah. And the the whole point of the Patreon is even if a video caps out at 30,000 hits, which is not enough to make any money at all from ads, um, within that 30,000, there are enough people who are willing to directly support us to make that video, uh, you know, a little bit profitable or at least to cover the expenses. Yeah. Uh, So we don't feel like we're, you know, spinning our wheels, making it. Let's move on. Let's do, a fellow named Chris Witten asked a lot of questions. So let's pick two of his okay. questions. Ryan, what's your favorite sound effect? The Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream. Yeah, absolutely. We have a comedy skit we've been meaning to make about the Wilhelm scream for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Remember that? <laughs> Do you want the whole scream? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Chris had, uh, had a bunch of questions. Uh, Chris also asks, what band or artist do you recommend to anybody? What music are you currently enjoying? Ryan? Uh... Right now I'm listening, actually the last thing I downloaded, the album I've been listening to this week is Fading Frontier by Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. I, I like Deer Hunter a lot. Uh, yep, Fading Frontier is this week. Last week I was listening to uh, Talking Heads. A uh, week before that, Father John Misty, Pure Comedy. And the week before that was Daniel Rawson's stuff with uh, Department of Eagles. That cool. is my last month or so. What kind, what kind And I would of recommend all of them actually. Same style of music? like No, all very different. Yeah? Um, a lot of country? No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, fuck no. <laughs> if I had to make a short list to recommend to people, I'd de- let's say Try of Montreal. People uh, Every time I say of Montreal, people go, oh, fuck yeah, I haven't listened to them in forever. That's, I, I um, associate them with you heavily. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, Father John Misty, uh, does he have his head up his own ass a bit? Is He knows he's pretentious. Yes, he yeah. knows. Is he very popular right now? Yes. Uh, but he's self-aware. I, uh, I don't think he's full of shit. I've watched interviews of him. I watched him talk about his own work. I like him. Uh, and I think he's very hesitant to people call it like you're the next Bob Dylan. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not. And he'll just for me the first to say I'm not. Yeah. Neil, what about you? Aerosmith. <laughs> you more of a Steven Tyler solo guy or an Aerosmith guy? <laughs> I'm going to box you into talking about how much you love Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) They're okay. Okay. I I recommend Aerosmith uh, because Because really just, just listen to the hits and they're hits for a reason, folks. Yeah. They're they're like Tom Petty. They have a lot of songs. I mean, Tom Petty's better. They're Boston guys too. They like a lot of New Englanders refer to Boston and the Graves. Nobody gives a shit what town outside of Boston you're from. When you meet anyone outside of Massachusetts. Marshfield. I'm just from Boston. Good enough. That's just good enough. Mm -hmm. Paint with broad strokes. For real. Are you listening to anybody right now? I haven't been listening to a lot of music lately. I think the last, um, the last like thing I went through was I'm a huge fan of Jeff Lynne and Electric Light Orchestra. And I found a playlist on Spotify, which was songs that he produced. All Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, he produced all those huge Tom Petty songs. A lot he of Tom like Petty co-wrote fans a lot of them. for that. 
Um, I'm finding that out recently. I have a lot of friends who are in bands in Brooklyn and they think that Lynn ruined Tom Petty. I don't get it. I love what Lynn did with Tom Petty. Don't come yeah. around here no more. I love that. Song. Yeah, I guess if you were around for early Tom Petty, but uh, he he also had his hands in all the um, the Roy Orbison, uh, you know, traveling resurgent stuff, and obviously the tra- the traveling Wilburys. But like, yeah, the solo Roy Orbison stuff is very much uh, in the in Jeff Lynn's wheelhouse. Um, like five years before he did that stuff, there was a track on one of the Electric Light Orchestra songs that was supposed to be a Roy Orbison sound alike it was kind of his tribute it's called endless lies it's awesome it's like his hungry heart kind of thing it's like his big tribute to roy orbison and then like a couple years later like he befriended roy orbison i guess and uh encouraged him to get back into music and um orbison went out with a bang man i was reading have you ever read how he died no, his no. final day. I do have his final concert on Blu-ray. That's the uh, he was at, show he was at the absolute, well, that might not be his final. I should check, but that's like that was like his big like send off where like Tom Waits and Costello, Katie Lang last, and Springsteen come out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, his last day alive was like just like really sweet. He like was like playing a um, remote controlled airplanes with his kid or something. And then he like went and had dinner with his family. And then that night he like passed away in his sleep. And he was just at like the height of his career or something. Yeah. His like last two singles were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Je- but Jeff Lynn though, Jeff Lynn's a safe bet. Oh yeah. Like, totally. Well, no, the Beatles, but <laughs> well, didn't the Beatles once say that they base if they kept, if they stuck John together. John Lennon said like in an interview. Yeah. I think with like uh Dick Cavett or something, something like that from the seventies of what would you have sound? What do you think would have happened if the Beatles had made one more album after let it be? So he said, we just sound like the electric light orchestra. I, I totally get it. Yeah, we'd yeah. be in the studio. We, we wouldn't tour it. Um, we'd be really synth heavy because we experiment. Whatever is the new hot thing, we totally yeah. do that. We'd do something very and, uh, pleasing. Yeah, yeah. We've had probably it probably would have sounded like yeah, it would have sounded like the Electric Light Orchestra. Um, for me, um, I'm really the last couple of years I've been really into synthwave stuff. Uh, I if I could recommend a song, if you're listening right now and you're looking for a recommendation for a song, I've been listening to this damn song for like a year and a half at least, like three four times a week. It's by a band called The Midnight. The song yeah. is called Sunset. Look that song up. And I assure you, you will enjoy that song. Sunset you by the Midnight. Get go, Piggybacking on a point we brought up before yeah, yeah. about the writer's block question. Yeah. I, it's for me, it's driving. It's at night with synthwave is the perfect music. Time Cop 1983, FM 84. For driving at um, night. That stuff. Uh, NORAC is really good. College is really good. Um, the Midnight is probably my favorite of that scene. Mm-hmm. They're a little more rock and roll. There's also a guy named Ollie Ride. If you can find him, he does vocals for a few of these synth rock bands. And he has, oh man, if you can find live performances of that guy, that guy is a riot. Uh, <laughs> running in the Night. Ooh, Let's Talk by FM84 is another good one. But basically, that's if I, if you were looking for something fresh to listen to. I've heard all of these a million times in your car. <laughs> They're great, right? They are great. Yeah, yeah no, they're really awesome. good. Like, but Sunset, actually, it's like almost every time we're in the car, it's like, hey, let's put on Sunset. It's like, that was me with Born to Run, like for like my teens and 20s. Like I just had to hear it like a couple times a week to survive. Uh, but yeah, like The Midnight, they're putting out a new album in October. They've got a bunch, almost all of their songs are fantastic. I, I can't recommend them enough. Is it October? Yeah, cool. they just announced. Time Cop 1983 is pretty good too, as far as like, the per capita quality of their songs. Um, look them up too. They're great. They just put out an EP lovers part two. They have a song in it called falling apart. I love that one. I'll probably put that on the car whenever we go eat after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so one more time, 
Sunset by The Midnight. I don't know how these guys aren't more popular. I just, that song is so good. Something I didn't include on my little list was Gorillaz just came out with a new album. Right. Uh, what is it, June, I think, May or June? It was not long ago. Mm-hmm. And although I've list- only listened to it through, I think, twice in its entirety, and I kind of still kind of got to digest it, it didn't sync with me that, it didn't click with me the first time through. It did make me go back and listen to their second album, Demon Days. Mm. And Demon Days is good. It's really good. It's, I think, still my favorite of their... St- I, I like Plastic Beach. I really like the song Sweepstakes with... um. Almost said Usher. It's not Usher. It's Most Def. Most Def is on it. He's a fantastic. There's um the cute little intro with Snoop Dogg. But Demon Days, uh, Demon Days is good. There, it's and I always think of Gorillas in the context of before and after September 11th, 99, 2000, and all their fun little work. We we're cartoons and it's silly and everyone's gonna have a cell phone someday and we're all gonna be magic. And then 9/11 happened and they went oh. This is bad. This is really bad. And the <laughs> demon days are Homeland Security, um, Xenophobia, George W. And those were some demon day. Not There's, and we're right back in them again. What, what other Man, post, we thought it was bad. That, with that, what are the what are the other quintessential post nine eleven albums? That's definitely there. Demon days, American Idiot. I, I'm not a huge Green Day fan, but that's definitely like mm-hmm. Green Day doing Bush era responses. It works. I like America. I love uh, Jesus well, of Suburbia. Honestly, I'm disappointed more people didn't step up to the plate in that department. There were there are a few bands I was like some did. I'm, I'm a they huge. They were the biggest. The, Kid I'm, Rock. Um, Springsteen, like I know, I'm a, I'm the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan you'll be. I've seen the guy ten times. Oh, like, Lonesome Days. Right. That song, yeah. Well, the whole album, The Rising, was like amazing, and how I, I'm sure a lot of people when they heard, hey, that band's making a 911 album, they're like, oh yeah, way to cash in. I, I'm sure a lot of people were skeptics, but if you listen yeah. to that album, you're like, oh, this is 100 percent necessary. Like we need, like, emotionally mature. <laughs> healthy responses to September 11th. And it can't just be, I'm going to kill me some Arabs. Like that was all you were hearing from certain musicians out there. That uh, obnoxious or, thing that cell park made yeah, fun Bob of. Dylan. Where were you? No. Yeah, no, there was, it was either that it was, the, there was two ends of the spectrum and it was either like, I hate the United States, which uh-huh. I totally get when Bush was president. I could see why you'd be really unhappy with it. Or it was, I hate the middle East and none of it was healthy. None of it was constructive and fucking, Bruce Springsteen puts out an album literally like where the opening track is literally called lonesome day. And it's a rock and roll song about waking up and getting through a full day when you just feel alone and sad and isolated, but it's an empowering rock song. Mm -hmm. Like, like from the word go, it was the first album I was ever waiting for at the record store to come out. There were other rock bands at the time we've talked about. I, 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 I kind of wish like, like the Foo Fighters had like a September 11th response. Maybe they didn't. I just didn't pick up on it. Maybe they have songs that are like, this is my September 11th song. And that was the title. Yeah. How did you not pick up? On yeah. That? Well, because <laughs> everyone always accuses them of like putting out like, oh, this is this one about Kurt Cobain. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, every song we do is about Kurt. They, 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 I'm sure they're tired of that. Um, but yeah, are there any other? They have to be. I'm they, tired of hearing it. Yeah. They've moved on. They guys. really, they've, they've. Well, do you have a uh, question that would be a good capper? Okay, let's ask one. Let's do one last question, (laughs) and then we'll. I'll ask. We'll ask one of the audience. Uh, Muldoon Kana Muldoon asks, "How did Daxter Flaxter gain his radical powers?" All right, Neil. (laughs) Well, if you don't know who Daxter Flaxter is, please watch Computer Fighters. Oh yeah. So in Computer Fighters, if you look closely at the um, 
Is it Kid Vid or Vid Kid? I always you made it. the magazine. I know. I made Vid the magazine. Kid. It's Vid Kid. Um, Kid Vid is the Burger King Kids Club character. That's right. Vid Kid. Ha- okay, in the magazine, there is like a little blurb on Daxter Flaxter. How Michael Jackson likes him. Yeah, and- yeah. And, and how, yeah. <laughs> is Dan's the Flax Flex? Yeah, so there's all these little <laughs> trivia bits on him. And one of them mentions that, oh, he hasn't been seen ever since he got caught in a freak electrical storm in an arcade, I think in Las Vegas. So it's kind of implied there that he got zapped into a cloud or something in an arcade and became this kind of video game god. Yeah, I think he has some sort of Stephen King-esque relationship to Satan. Yeah, he, I think yeah, I maybe. think he there was some sort of he was about to die and he like sold his soul akin to Kratos and God of War to mm-hmm. Ares. Like, I just please let me be better at video games. Don't let me die. I'm not done yet. And he became, that's like the my head canon. Daniel Johnson, American myth of at the crossroads. Yeah. Right? Like to become the greatest guitar player. He, he will sold be his soul. Yeah. Like, maybe he did that in the freak electrical storm was Satan coming to claim him. Yeah. But I think he either paid off his debt or escaped somehow and that's how he was able to help us the new kids on he beat the devil at an arcade like like the that stupid golden fiddle song would it be cool to watch spawn fight daxter flaxter yeah (laughs) somebody just did spawn right just once oh man if someone out there wants to make me a happy man The fan film where Spawn and Daxter flexed. <laughs> or even his fan art, guys. Even one still image of Daxter. Yeah, if you're listening, Daxter Flaxter would kick Spawn's ass. So, someone draw Daxter Flaxter's fighting Spawn. It doesn't matter how bad it is. Just send us it. So a few people have suggested that we ask the audience a question. And we can react to the, those answers in the next episode. Okay. Um, a real base, we haven't talked about this. A real base open-ended question is, what kind of videos do you want to see us make? Cause we yeah. have like, honestly, like a dozen ideas we've talked about doing. We talked about, I would love if somebody just say, I want a movie about, uh, how Katy Perry's left shark uses fidget spinners <laughs> and wonder woman and Spider-Man are on the planet of the eights. Like whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. just came out. What's Spider-Man going to do on the planet of the eights? <laughs> wonder woman would be fine. Uh, the, um, I, but like, uh, you know, we have like all these ideas at any given moment. We're always trying to decide, like we have like, uh, a few ideas we've talked about lately have been uh, boiled chicken hut. Uh, Let's not spoil anything. I know, I know, but like the titles are like, but we, we, we have like a bunch we've, we, we always, and we're always just kind of like, well, who's available this month? Is the weather right for it? Did we just get a new piece of camera equipment that would make that fun to experiment with? Um, but what, so the question will be, what kind of videos do you want to see out of us? Do, do you want I'm more music, music based stuff? Do you want more episodes of new kids on the rock? Like, do you want more like special effects intensive stuff? Which I, I love doing. I love doing like, here's one crazy effect and we do a whole video around it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, YouTube comments for this one. The, this will be available on YouTube. Leave the comments right there okay. uh, and we'll read them and we'll. Uh, this will be on the guaranteed video YouTube. Yes. Yes. Just like the last episode. We're going to try and get an MP3 one up on some feed soon. So yeah. hopefully okay. by this one. Okay. Got a question? Because uh, if I, oh, let's just have the one question. Okay, it's not yeah. overcomplicated. Kind of you want to cool? Cool. Well, that was the sophomore episode of yes. Guaranteed Audio. Thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we will see you next time. And by the next time you hear us, you will hopefully have seen a new movie of ours. Yes. Thank you again for being patrons. Thank you for helping. And until next time. And God bless. <laughs> I can't be our sign off. No. <laughs> <laughs>